Please turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We're looking at verse 11 this morning. Before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bow before you now as children, needy little children, in need of your grace, in need of your help, in need of your kindness, in need of your spirit. Father, we need you to work in our hearts, shape us into Christ's image. We need you to teach us to pray. Because, Father, we are ignorant, we're lazy, and self-centered. And, Father, we need you to correct, to admonish, to instruct, and to direct us. And we ask you to do this because we are in your beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, by the Spirit. Amen. When it comes to prayer, what we pray pray for is as important to understand as anything else. What should we pray for? The what the content of our prayers. It isn't enough to say, let's pray, and then just think that we just dart off down the street or down into the prayer closet and, and away we go, just making things up or just whatever comes to our mind. It's, it's just never a safe route, whatever comes to our mind. We should always go to God, go to his word, and we should say, God, teach us to pray. What is it we should be praying for? Because after all, we're, we're quickly and easily self-centered. So obviously our prayers have that tendency to be directed towards self. And, and so we need to be instructed. We need to be taught. And as we saw the last couple weeks in, uh, in the first part of this prayer, Jesus teaches us to really focus our prayer, first of all, our petitions on the things of God. He says, when you pray, this is how you ought to pray. You pray like this. Our Father who are in heaven, and we looked at that. Directing it to our Father who's in heaven, controlling all things. And our first request is that his name be hallowed, his name be honored, his name be revered. That his name is is what we become passionate about. Our number one priority is the hallowing of God's name. And that his kingdom would come. And that his kingdom would come on earth so that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want... We want God's name to be hallowed and we want his kingdom to come because when his kingdom comes and he moves by his spirit in people's hearts and lives, what happens? They start honoring his name. They start performing his will. They start to seek him and desire him to go after him, loving him and loving other people. And so we we come to realize when we looked at this is that this this should be the priority in our prayers. And I have to say often, even in my own prayers, it's, it's left out because I end up praying out of urgency. Because what's important? What what is burning? Well, usually either my needs or the needs of others. And there's lots of those. There's lots to pray for. 
But we're, we're actually, we're taught to get reoriented and say, you know, the number one thing that matters is that God, his name, his glory, his kingdom, his will be done. Jesus is teaching us people, be like me. I came to do the will of my father who's in heaven. It was my food. It was my life. This is what I came for. And it's interesting because when that becomes our orientation, when that becomes our priority in prayer, the number one priority, it reorientates everything else. And so when we bring our requests to God, they get put in perspective. And so this is how we're to pray. We're to pray that God be, first of all, glorified. And it also instructs us what our passion should be in life, even in terms of calling, that we should seek the kingdom of God, that this should be what we're about, the extension of God's kingdom. We should be people who are about evangelism. We should be people who are about growing and expanding and wanting to see people come into the church. And why? Not for our kingdom or our glory. For God's kingdom, for God's glory. It should be a priority. And then Jesus tells us now, as he turns here in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. There have been many Christians who actually want to spiritualize that portion of the Lord's Prayer. Because it comes before forgiveness, and it comes right after our wanting and desiring the glory of God's name and his kingdom. It seems too, to some people, it seems too carnal. It seems too base. And so what they want to say is really, he's, pro- he's not talking here about actual bread. He's talking here about spiritual bread. He's saying, you know, give us this day our daily bread. And what we, what we really ought to focus on here is, is uh, the spiritual bread, you know, which is Christ. And there, there can be, in a sense, a little bit of an argument for that. But I, I think we can't belittle the fact that God made this world. He made us. He made food. And he made it so that we're creatures who are dependent on things like bread, to live. It shows the care and concern of a father who looks out for the needs of his children. It shows that he's like a father who doesn't like to see his children go hungry. He's a father who likes to care for and provide for his children with the most basic needs. I think it says as much about God as it does about ourselves. It shows our own weakness, our own frailty, that we're these people who are dependent upon bread. And it reveals to us this, this heavenly father who's concerned to care for base, basic, so-called carnal, those physical needs as if they, those don't matter. No, they matter because he said he wanted them to matter, and they matter because he wants to care for them. One of the greatest things we even do as parents is provide essentials for our children and it's one of the it's a reflection of the image of god to want to feed your children to want to clothe your children and to want to give them a house provide for them and this is because this is what our father wants to do as well so in order for us to understand the care and minute concern of our father for our daily needs And for us to teach us to go to our Father in heaven, he tells us to pray, to pray for daily bread. This teaches us about ourselves, and it teaches us about our Father. But when he says bread, he isn't just meaning bread. 
our bread, as he says here, is all that we need to make it day to day. Bread is a symbol. And how can I say that? Why am I saying that he's not just talking about bread? He says, give us this day our daily bread. He's not just referring just to bread, but actually using bread as a symbol. We have to, first of all, understand that bread was the staple food in Jewish life. It was the basic necessity. It was a principal feature in the Passover meal and in the sacrificial meals as well that they went to God with. Apart from the meat, the meat of the lamb or the sacrifice, the only other thing that was offered in offering and part of that offering was bread. It was a centerpiece on the table in the Holy of Holies. And it was the food that God rained down from heaven, the manna. It was a bread that he gave him from heaven in the wilderness. Bread is central, central to our life. It's also the chosen mode of communicating Christ to us. If you look here this morning, look at this table right here. What's on it? Bread. Central component. Why bread? It represents Christ. We're partakers of Christ. And as he's the bread that came down from heaven. Bread is this central component right from the beginning in Genesis all the way through. You will find this key feature of bread, this symbol of life. Now, of course, there's so... There's all kinds of other things we eat in order to sustain our life that God provides. But bread symbolizes it all, that basic necessity that we need. If we had bread and water, we could get by. We even speak of bread today as analogous to money. And this is an old phrase because it used to be, this phrase that I'm going to mention in a second is a phrase that used to actually mean that's what you actually went out and got because it's what was needed to sustain the basics of life. We call the person who brings in the money nowadays, what do we call him? The breadwinner. Now a person doesn't go win bread. Why do we say that? That, that person is the breadwinner because they bring in the money, which allows you to go buy bread and other things. But bread is that symbol of the necessities of life that we need. You can say that one word, bread, and you don't have to mention all these other things because it, it, we realize we can speak this way. It's like when we use the phrase breadwinner. Martin Luther put it this way in his commentary. He said, daily bread is everything that is needful for the preservation of this life. Food, a healthy body, good weather, house, home, wife, child, good government, peace, and that he may preserve us from all manner of calamity, sickness, pestilence, dear times, war, insurrection, etc. So as, as Luther pointed out in his commentary on this passage, he says when, when we're praying for daily bread, we're praying for all the things that we need to live life. And not just, according to him, not just life, actually live a life with peace, live a life that's void of the pains and the afflictions of life, we're asking for for God to give us more than just bread, obviously, all those things that sustain us and uphold our life. Jesus was telling, when he's telling his disciples to pray for daily bread, obviously, I hope we, we can see that he's telling them to pray for more than simply bread. That's why this is just pray like this. He's using it as, an, as somewhat of an outline. He's using it in a Jewish way. He's using it how a Jew would understand daily bread, this, this main essential, this symbol 
for life, the essentials of life. So he's telling them and he's telling us to pray, pray for daily needs, our daily needs that sustain life. Now, this is actually more common to our praying. This is actually the part of our prayers where we, that we understand, that we get. This is often what we do. We pray for needs in our lives, the things that we need. But here's the question. When it comes to these particular areas, there are some specific things I want to bring to our attention right now. Because I think there's some things that perhaps we take for granted that are more part of our daily bread than we realize. But because of the day and age we live in, we don't always think of it this way. And what I mean by this is an example like work or your business. If you have work or if your business is going fine, do you pray daily for your daily bread? Well, no, probably not. We live in an age, if you've got a job or if your business is doing well, we, we learn to presume upon tomorrow. So we wake up in the morning and we go off to work and, and usually, you know, after a cup of coffee or running out the door, we're into, we're into the engagement of the day and whatever we're doing. And yeah, maybe if uh, we're spiritual every now and then, we throw prayers up here and there. But we don't often start our day or think, of a, think in terms of daily needs, daily necessities. And so we don't give thanks for our work and we don't pray that we'll have work today and work tomorrow. Mind you, if you've lost your job or your business is going down, all of a sudden that moves to you know, an afterthought, kind of up to the front. All of a sudden, let's pray for work. Let's pray for my business. And you ought to, obviously. But you, we, if you have work, it still has to be a priority. It's still, this is how we bring the bread in daily. This is, a, this is an essential that we need. Work is something that we need. So we, we shouldn't presume upon it. We shouldn't think that tomorrow will be like today. Who told you it would be? We never know. So we need to pray. We need to set our days straight and realize this is a gift of God. I need to pray that this work for, would, would continue. I need to pray for the business, for my employer, for, this, you know, for all the things that sustain work. We, know we take for granted a, even a, a healthy economies that actually function. And it's, it's amazing how we will just go on and presume most of you probably know um, I own a coffee house pub in Moscow, and I've had it for like 12 years now. And it's been one of those things that you probably forget that I have because I almost never mention it. But it's, you know, it's struggled for years, and it's, believe it or not, it's something that I always forgot to pray for. And uh, all the years that I was not praying for this business, it seemed like to just, it was pulling money out of my pockets constantly. How could I keep this thing going because around the next turn it's gonna it's it's just about ready to to take off right or i just don't or probably the truth is i don't want to lose everything so i i keep it going and all of a sudden last year the weirdest thing happened i thought to start praying for this place you know why because i was done i was done with this place i was done giving money and that's what i resolved no more money i'm not giving a cent to that place if that thing goes down it goes down i'm done with it all i'm gonna do is pray god is pretty simple prayer please prosper this business please you know help us to make this a place that glorifies you and 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 may it and may it have an impact in the community i started praying for it every night guess what 
Well, I'm not here to say it's a massive success story, but I'm here to tell you this. I have not put a penny in that place since. And this is the first year that we actually broke even, and didn't, I didn't have to take anything out of my pockets. Wow. <laughs> wow is right. It takes me a while, but I start to get it, you know. Give us this day our daily bed. I was being presumptuous. I was thinking that, you know, somehow it's in my tactics, in my scheming, in my dreaming, in my planning, in my strategies. We would have meeting after meeting. I continued to have weekly meetings. And it was all in this stuff. And I always thought I was forgetting. It's something I'm doing. And we need to tweak this or tweak that. And, of course, we still need to tweak this and tweak that and have our meetings. However, I was a fool. Believing or thinking or forgetting to realize that it's God who gives and God who takes away. It's God who supplies daily bread. It's God who gives these gifts of life. It's God who gives. And now he's shown to me, truly, Father, you are the God who gives. Yet, he gives us daily bread, what we need. I don't, I'm not here to tell you that I started praying and, man, again, like I said, we're not, we're not super successful. But he's given me what we need. It's being, sustaining, it's being sustained and it's not draining me, which is huge. And also, it's pr- it probably what I need is not for it to be ragingly successful. Well, I can kind of guarantee that. Otherwise, he might do that. <laughs> what I need is to learn to pray. What I need is to learn to to trust God in this and walk through this whole process and, and allow it to have its way with me. So let me ask you, how many of you get on your knees, get on your knees, and after you've prayed for God's kingdom to come, after you've prayed for his name to be glorified, after you've asked him that his, his, uh, his name would be honored and esteemed and you've fixed your attention on him, how many of you give thanks for the work you do have and pray for the work you don't have? First thing, like it's a priority. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if most of us say, you know, I don't do that much, if at all. We need to repent. We need to change. It's something that we've got to not presume upon and realize that it's God supplying your daily bread. Because if you assume that your work will be there tomorrow because it was there today, you're a fool. Because you've just presumed upon God. It's God who gave it to you. And it's God who can easily take it away. So this is how we need to live, daily dependent upon the Father for all that is needed today and tomorrow. Daily bread. Another daily bread that we need, not just work, here's something else we need to realize. When we are asking for daily bread, it's something that we, as an essential of life that we need. We need work. We also need wisdom. Wisdom is something we need. And why do we need that? Because unless God grants us his wisdom, we act like fools. Throughout the course of a day, we have a hundred decisions to make with, with family, children, spouses, work, entertainment. We make choices, and we have to make choices constantly, and we have to make decisions. We have to discern. You know what a day requires? You know what a daily need is? A daily bread? Wisdom. It's not something that you need for that 
harebrained idea, that really big thing that, you know, I just need this, I need wisdom for this. Wisdom is an essential of life. It's a staple. It's bread. And we need it daily. We can't just live a life that just, you know, come what may. Come what may, we'll just let it happen. No, you have to actually engage in life and you actually have to make decisions. Have you not, have... Has God not brought you to the place where even the simplest things in life, like with your children, you're stymied? You have no idea what to do. You have no idea what to say. This little thing has completely confused me. And that's a good thing. Because God shows you your weakness. He shows you your inability. And you need wisdom. Where does wisdom come? Wisdom comes from above. And here's the other thing about wisdom. I love this passage in James. James 1, 5 through 8 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to you. Did you hear what he said? If any of you asks, uh, lacks wisdom, ask God. And why? Because guess what? He, he likes to give, and he gives liberal, liberally. And he will give it to you. He actually will. And here's the thing he goes on to say what I love. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Here's something you're not presuming on God upon. If you need wisdom, you ask God and you believe that he's going to give you. Be convinced. Why? He's promised it. He said. And he says, when we doubt it, he says, you're unstable in all your ways. You're double-minded. God is a liberal, generous giver, and he loves to give wisdom. Because when God gives it, who do you thank afterwards? If you start your day off and you ask as one of your staples, you say, Father, today I know I'm going to encounter so many things that are going to boggle my mind and beyond my under- be beyond my understanding. I'm finite, Father. You know I'm weak. You know I don't have the wisdom I need, but you do. You have endless wisdom. And I know, else, Father, you've promised. You said you'd give it to me. You, I know you're generous. I know you're a liberal giver. I know what you're like, Father. And I know you love to give wisdom. Please give me wisdom today. As I face all the decisions I have to make, as I encounter the day, as I move throughout it, give me wisdom. And I thank you, Father, because I know you will give it. I know you'll give it because you've promised. Amen. That's how we should pray. That's how we should pray to the Father. And that's how we should pray for daily bread. We need daily wisdom. That's, that's something that we can't go without. The third thing I want us to understand, these are important, these are like the bread items, the essentials, is grace. It is a daily bread, but it's another thing that God gives liberally. Hebrews 4.16 declares, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that, he, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We've looked at this uh, a few weeks ago when we were talking about why we should pray. Pray, And it's one of the reasons why we should pray is because God is gracious and he loves to give his grace to help us in our time of need. Again, folks, we can't make it without him, his spirit, his grace working in us. We need him. And God loves to give his grace. 
And it's also, it's, it's a daily need. It's not something that, oh, it was sure nice to get that. I, I received his grace today, and, and, and it's, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be there tomorrow. No, in your time of need, the passage says, it's a daily thing. It's something, it's like that bread that we need daily. We all, wouldn't we, wouldn't we, couldn't we agree on this? That, that life throws at us so much stuff that my flesh alone bears, uh, causes me so much consternation <laughs> that people around me, that situations that I find myself in, that the, the temptations that are before my eyes, I need grace. It's a daily bread. Grace. And you know what? Here's what we do. Instead of grace, which is a bread, we pray that God would change our circumstances. And this is something that we really have to understand. Because I'm guilty that when trouble comes, affliction comes, I want the trouble, the affliction to be removed. That's how I pray. That's not the daily bread I need. The daily bread I need is grace to handle that situation. Because we don't need God to pray, change the people or our circumstances as much as we need God to change us. This is how Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9, when he was wrestling with this very issue. He's wrestling with God wanting to change the circumstances. He says, Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. And concerning this thing, guess what he did? He said, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Well, if that was me, it might be more like 30 or 50 or 100. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul flips, he turns, okay, if I, I get it. Now I glory in tribulation, I glory in weakness. He now all of a sudden understands that, oh, I shouldn't be praying for my circumstances to change. I shouldn't be praying that these people change, but that I change and that I receive your grace. That I might be able to stand in that day. That I might be able to be a reflection of your goodness and kindness in that day. And when you do, when you do stand, when you do act in the way you should act, when you do say the thing you should say, you know it's not you. You say, what? Thank you, Father. Father, your testimony is that this is by, all by grace. God was gracious to me. He supplied all my needs. He gave to me all that I needed. It's a staple. It's a daily bread. You need grace. Parents, do you find it difficult to parent? I hope you do. <laughs> it's to be difficult. It's to be a kind of thing that apart from the grace of God, you can't do it. You need to understand, I need grace. I don't need, you know, often what we try to do is we try to fix everything. We want to be in control of everything. We want to get it so that I can dominate it. I can get on top of it. I can control it. Because if I can control it, if I can dominate it, if I can put it under my mastery, I'll feel victorious. But what we really need is we really need that situation to humble us. And then we get to the place where we fall on our knees and say, Father, apart from your grace, I can't stand. And I don't want to begin my day presuming. I want to begin my day realizing, help, 
helping me realize that I need daily bread. And the bread, part of the bread that I need, part of the essentials of life is your grace. I can't carry on. I can't do it without you. He will meet you. He will be with you. He is delighted to rescue. He is delighted to save. He is delighted to show up and meet you in the moment and, and, and have you experience and understand that grace. And then your testimony at the end of the day will be, wow, God, you're good. You're so gracious. And if we get used to grace, what might start to happen is we slide and then we start to think that we're the king of the mountain and we really are pretty good. And, uh, you know, we probably put off that prayer for today. Things have been going pretty well. End of the day, we're crawling in the front door wondering what happened. <laughs> Elbows, knees, <laughs> groveling. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm such a fool. So this is what we have to realize, folks, that this daily bread isn't just something we said it this morning. It isn't just bread it's the things the essentials of life that we need to make it day to day we need work we need wisdom we need grace and these are there are other essentials we need but we have to understand when we are praying to god it needs to be this is something this is a daily bread a bread it's an essential that we can't go on without it make it a priority here's the question is it a priority in your life Is it a priority in your life to seek God for wisdom? Is it a priority in your life to give thanks and to seek God for your daily work? Is it a priority in your life to seek God daily for grace? If it's not, repent. It's got to be an early morning, first thing of the day priority. Seek God for it. The other thing I want us to look at here is this daily aspect. He says in in, uh, the Matthew 6 passage, Give us this day, what does he say then? Our daily bread. And I want us to focus on this for a moment because we know, hopefully we understand what the bread is, but this daily component. He's teaching us, when Jesus says this daily bread, he's teaching us about the daily priority of prayer for the needs that are daily. He, there's something about this daily business as opposed to, say, yearly prayer. Or yearly bread. I mean, often we don't, you know, when it comes to bread, uh, we don't understand the concept of daily bread, do we? We go to Costco, buy 45 loaves, stick them in the freezer, and now we've, we've got at least monthly bread. And then we pull it out whenever we need it, and, and it's got this nice plastic bag that helps it stay safe. It's got these things we call preservatives. Heck, you could leave it on the counter for a week, and it might still be good at the end of the week. You could use it. We live in a different age, so we don't understand daily bread. But back in their day, without preservatives, you bake bread for the day. Nobody wants stale bread. That's stale. That's yuck. That's, you, you bake bread daily. It's a daily thing. It's just like the manna in the wilderness. God said, no, we, I know what you're like, people. You're like all people. You like to store up. Why? Because I like the security. I like to know there's lots of bread. <laughs> Big pantry, full, that makes me feel good. Little pantry, nothing in there, terrifying. God, but he says, we need daily bread, daily, because in that that culture, they understood it. So many of the people lived hand to mouth. They lived in such a way that they, you know, they didn't know if they had tomorrow's bread. They just needed today's bread. And then when they baked bread, it was for today, that was it. And what it didn't get eaten, it all got eaten. 
it would, it would have to be thrown out. Day-old bread was stale. They don't have even plastic bags to put it in. You know? Hide it under a ceramic pot, perhaps. So it's this daily, daily component is very important to understand. It seems in this particular case, as I've already mentioned, Jesus is alluding to this, the daily manna that was given in the wilderness. And you remember the, the deal there, what God told him? You couldn't have it, get it for tomorrow, could you? <laughs> Some tried, because we all like to do that. We like to store up. So they tried to do it, and they found out, ooh, the stuff turned gross. It went all nasty on them. And so, okay, that's a bad idea. We can't store up for tomorrow. I, God says, I want you to go out in the morning. And why do you think he did that? I think it's, it should be fairly clear that God says, you know what? I'm your provider. I'm the one who gives daily bread. I'll show up. I'll be there every day. I'm faithful. I'm good to you. I've promised you. I'll give you your daily bread. I want you to show, I, don't take some for tomorrow. I'll show up again tomorrow. You just go. I've promised you go and you get your bread today. Go and get your bread. You got your bread? Happy? Provided bread for you. But yet you got to go to bed at night. What are you doing about tomorrow? Hope he shows up again. Because I've got nothing else. That was it. Sure enough, they go out in the morning. There's the bread I promised. You got to see, see, I'm faithful. I will provide your daily bread. Do you know where food comes from? You know what all you have comes from? I know you like to store up to give yourself a little security. But what the most important thing is you trust me. You understand your daily bread comes from me. God likes the daily component because he, does, he, he knows our tendency. He wants us to grow us in faith. He wants to teach us to trust. And what do we do? We like to store up. I would rather trust in my pantry than trust in the Lord. Wouldn't you? I don't like to admit that. But here's how you can tell. Go without for a while. Have you ever had to live day to day? Have you ever had been in that place where I don't know what's going to be on the table tomorrow, but I've got nothing. Most of us, what I'm talking about right now, I would say 99% of Americans, maybe that might be a bit high, got something in the pantry. Even if it's a can of lima beans, got something. We and if you don't, heck, there's a food pantry down down the way that you could probably show up and get a few cans of something. This this land is just want to talk flowing with milk and honey. We're just flowing with food all over the place. I mean, even the people who don't have money for tomorrow, there's lots of bread. It's a different thing altogether when you li- live in a culture where. There is no food pantry. There is no abundance. My neighbors are all in the same situation. You go to visit one of these countries and you quickly realize, whoa, now we're talking something different here. Completely different. Now, where's your faith? Who do you trust in? You know, we actually get pretty freaked out and antsy if we lose work for too long. And, and understandable. But what, where do we believe it comes from? Where do we believe the work comes from? Where do we believe the bread, the money comes from? Where do we believe the, the ability to get work into wealth? Where do we believe it comes from? 
well, of course we're all going to pass the test with flying colors. It comes from God because that's what they told me to say. Or that's what I know I'm supposed to say. So many of us, you know, realize, have probably heard this passage, Psalm 37, 25. David says, I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. But you know what? It's a different thing altogether to live there. That's a promise. There's a sense of which he's saying, yeah, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've never seen God's people, those who trust in the Lord, begging bread. But try living there. We actually love to pray, not for daily bread. The daily aspect kind of trips us up. Why can we pray for yearly bread? Why couldn't we pray, you know, oh, God, give us this year our bread and be done with that and just say, okay, and just it'd be nice if you supply it all now today or tomorrow, the next day. Again, God wants to teach us all. What do you think he's trying to teach us? That I'm the sustainer, I'm the provider, I'm God. I can make food fall from heaven. I can make water come out of rocks. What do you need? Look to me. Trust in me. Hope in me. Put your confidence, confidence in me. Don't put your confidence in your pantry. Don't put your confidence in your work. Don't put your confidence in anything else. Don't get security. Don't feel like, oh, so good now. We got work. The pantry's full. I can relax. We need to have our confidence fully placed in the Lord our God who provides daily bread. And now knowing who our God is, we can go, ah, I can relax. But but, but your pantry's empty. doesn't matter. My God will supply all my needs. He will provide bread. Now, we don't all get tested in this. Sometimes we might. Sometimes we might even get close. We might get down to a month's supply in the pantry. And maybe that, maybe that'll be enough to test our faith and to say, who are you trusting? Trusting in the Lord, we say. Really? If you didn't have a single thing to feed you tomorrow, would you be confident? What would you be like? You know, trust isn't something we learn by listening to sermons or reading books. Or isn't something that we we think about, and by thinking about, oh, I can feel my trust growing. You know what trust, how we grow in trust? Trust and faith, our confidence in God grows when we're in the midst of unknown tomorrows. We've got to to not know what tomorrow holds. It's got to be a mystery. And whenever we're in that situation, then all of a sudden we'll be exposed. We realize how little we trust God. And then all of a sudden that's a great place to be because now we, we fall before God. We seek for his grace. We look to him. We, our prayer life gets real dynamic and everything changes. And all of a sudden, then we see God show up and our confidence builds or grows. Our faith grows and increases. And then we do the same thing. We keep doing that. We start living by faith, trusting in God, and and our faith grows. And we continue to gain confidence, more and more confidence. Don't look for God to fill your pantry. Look for God to fill your heart with faith. Look for daily bread. Don't worry about tomorrow. Daily bread. Look for God to give you what you need today. And trust in him and know that he will. 
Know that your God supplies all your needs according to Christ Jesus. Because what we're trying to do as is, 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 is Christians is grow up into Christ's likeness. And as we grow up in that, we grow up in faith. Our faith should be getting stronger. Our faith should be nourished. Our faith should, we should get more and more confident, more and more secure, more and more peaceful because we're resting and trusting in God. Don't be, when God puts you in that wily place, that squiggly place where you don't like to be, you feel like you're pinned down and you're freaking out, that's, that's a great place to be. Because then everything you've learned up here starts to bounce around in your head. And you realize, okay, I gotta pray. I gotta pray. And then you start to, you look to God and you, and you, you confess your lack of trust to God and, and, and you cry out to God and he delivers and then you grow. That's, that's what living the Christian life is going to be like. We want the resurrection life now. God wants us to be like Christ. And we say we want to be like Jesus. But if you want to be like Jesus, be prepared for an unknown and uncertain tomorrow. And not even unknown, it looks really bad. Tomorrow looks really scary. Tomorrow is terrifying. Now he's got you, right where he wants you. He's going to show himself faithful. He's going to teach you to trust him, just like he did with the saints in the wilderness. And this, this is that daily component. He wants us to pray daily. That's why God often doesn't give us too much of abundance. It makes us fat and lazy and shrinks our faith. Because when he does give us too much and he doesn't bring affliction he doesn't bring sorrow he doesn't bring difficulty or the unknowns of tomorrow we become lazy lazy lethargic and our faith begins to shrivel up god gives daily bread trust him for bread today and i guarantee you everybody sitting here god's taking care of you today you're doing fine don't worry about tomorrow today you're doing fine and god's made sure of it trust him for tomorrow And as we do this, we'll be praying as the Lord has taught us. Pray for that daily bread and what those essentials of life, for work, for wisdom, for grace, those basic things. Pray daily for those, early in the morning for those. And do it daily, every day, every day, every day, because God will supply for the day. He'll grant you what you need. Amen. Father, we're so grateful and thankful that you are the Father who provides and supplies all our needs. You know the weakness or the frailty and the smallness of our faith. Each one of us, Father, we know is being discipled by you, trained up. So, Father, I ask for grace for everybody here. Pour out your grace, grant wisdom. Grant our daily bread all that we need. Father, supply it abundantly. Prove yourself faithful. I know you've never, ever, ever failed nor disappointed, yet you've brought us right to the edge of disaster to prove yourself faithful. And we thank you that you are our faithful God in whom we place our trust. Amen.